Introducing the new way to play Daily Fantasy with Jack Market. Jack Market is where Daily Fantasy Sports becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players with other users in real time. Make money every hour, every minute, every second of every game. Daily contests are live for NBA and PGA and NFL contests launch in week one. Take control of your fantasy sports experience and download Jack Market now in the App Store. Android coming soon. Is Alvin Kamara holding out? What's going on in Jacksonville? We answer those questions on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello everyone and welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 here at The Athletic. We have turned the calendar to a new month. It is Tuesday, September 1st, September Football Month here, DVR. I am Michael Beller, joined by Derek Van Riper. We are super excited. Nine days away from the beginning of the NFL season. Three days after that, we get our first full Sunday of NFL action. I had one draft yesterday. Still three more ahead of me this week. How you doing, man? How you doing, DVR? Doing great. Got uh, one draft remaining. Looking forward to getting that in. And it sounds like we're going to do something different in that league this year. Because of the pandemic, because of concerns about players missing time unexpectedly, we might do a week to week sort of contest where you can use any player you want one time throughout the first 16 weeks of the NFL season, or we might do a DFS sort of thing that kind of compiles a score for the entire season. Necessity is the mother of invention, right? That's a uh, smart way to keep a league going for sure. We've got some uh, some big running back news that we are going to focus on on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. The first of those pieces of news is down in New Orleans where Alvin Kamara has missed a couple of practices in a row. And yeah, Monday morning, it was news starting to trickle out. Weren't exactly sure why they weren't saying anything. Injury, not injury. Later in the morning, it came out that it is a contract thing. Alvin Kamara is set to make just 2.1 $33 million in the final year of his rookie contract and the news first coming courtesy of Adam Schefter that Kamara is sitting out because maybe wants a new contract before this season begins. DVR, let's say you are having a draft before there is good news on Alvin Kamara. So you're flying sort of blind as to when he might actually show up and play. How far down your draft board do you push him before you say, all right, I'm comfortable taking him even not knowing when he's going to be back with the Saints? I think he's still a first-rounder for me. I think he probably, in a full PPR, would fall behind his teammate, Michael Thomas. I think he could fall behind Delvin Cook. And for a lot of people, I think he would fall behind Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think I'm just a little bit lower than the field still on Edwards-Hilaire, even though I'm slowly coming around and making some adjustments and moving him into the first round. So... It's only a couple of spots. I think part of it is because there's optimism that the two sides are going to work out a long-term deal. I also don't think Kamara has a lot of leverage at this point either. I think he's going to have to play. So I think this is kind of a situation where both sides realize they need each other. I think the Saints offense needs Kamara to be as effective as possible. This is a guy who's caught 80 passes in each of his first three seasons. He lines up like a receiver. He runs good routes, but he's also a good running back as well. I wonder, though, if he signs this extension... Do we just continue to see the 275 touches we saw in 2018? Is that sort of the ceiling on him? I guess 300 might be the ceiling if he stayed healthy for a full 16 games. But if you have a long-term player like that, you're not going to overwork him because you have a vested interest in not overworking him. None of that really works against him as far as how we look at him. He's already a mid-first-round pick, right? But 
that would maybe prevent him from becoming a player who goes 1-1 at least if we know his ceiling is 300 touches, whereas the other players who do go ahead of him could push 350 or even 400 in the right situations. Yeah, I still think that he would be up there, even if you're not going to be hoping for you know, 300 plus touches for him, because we've seen him be able to thrive and be a fantasy superstar on the touch level that he's been at each of the last three seasons. Uh, big reason why I'm not pushing him down far just yet is because of the exact thing you said about there being optimism about these two sides being able to get a long-term deal done in the coming days, if that's indeed what Kamara is holding out for. They both need each other. like Just like you said, this New Orleans Saints team has been among the very best in the NFL for each of those three years that Kamara has been in the league and just been met with playoff heartbreak, often courtesy of the Minnesota Vikings, at least two of those three years. And then we all remember the uh, non-pass interference call against the Rams in the NFC Championship game. So uh, really just a team that has had some really terrible runs of luck in the playoffs. But this is a team with a 40-plus-year-old quarterback that is still very much a Super Bowl contender that would lose a huge chunk of what makes it that Super Bowl contender if Alvin Kamara is not out there. So I really do think that they're going to be able to get something done and that we're going to see Kamara out there for the Saints in week one. On the flip side of this, does it change the way you view Latavius Murray at all? I guess it would be the same thing. If you're not changing the way you look at Kamara, you're probably not changing the way you look at Latavius Murray. But if this lingers, if you have a draft on Labor Day weekend and this is still happening, do you push Latavius up a few spots? Yeah, I mean, a few spots. It's it's similar because... The possibility for an early season role increase is there, even if this were to be like a one-game holdout. And I don't think it's going to play out like that. Murray is a very good player for that first week, and he's not without value beyond that, even with Elvin Kamara back in the fold. So I think because he's drafted so much later, you'd move him up maybe a round or two, which seems like a lot. But for a guy whose ADP is just outside the top 100 over the last two weeks, it's really not that much of a move at all. So I think we'd be looking at Latavius Murray being more comparable to like Jordan Howard or Alexander Madison in terms of like where he would go in a typical draft and where I'd be comfortable taking him. Maybe uh, Latavius Murray and Philip Lindsay would be very comparable players in that case too. And even there, I'd still prefer Lindsay because I think his role week to week is a bit bigger than Murray's is when both of those backfields are healthy. Yeah, I think the biggest change for me with Latavius Murray would be with respect to Kamara in that if I do end up still taking Kamara and this is unsettled on my draft day, then maybe I think about making that move a little earlier for Latavius than I would have previously. And in fact, in a normal setting, I wouldn't even be interested in Latavius Murray if I already had Alvin Kamara. I'm just not going to devote that level of resources to one team's running back situation but I would feel a need to ensure my high-priced investment in uh, Camara with Latavius Murray if this is something that is still unsettled when I do end up drafting anyone of my remaining team. Some other news from practice on Monday. Golden Tate suffered what the Giants are calling a lower body injury. We'll keep an eye on that. DeAndre Swift returned to practice, so very good news there for the Lions rookie running back, although our Chris Burke covers the Detroit Lions, our beat reporter saying that still likely that on Johnson is more in a lead role in week one and at least to start the season. Devontae Parker also dealing with a minor injury. As of yet, Brian Flores saying that this is not anything major, not anything to expect uh, to uh, even slow Parker down for week one, let alone keep him out of any action. So nothing to worry about if you are drafting tonight or in the coming days. If we hear anything different from Flores or from the Dolphins, we, of course, 
will pass that along. DVR, as we're talking about, fantasy football draft season is upon us. Our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way that you like to gamble on football. When it comes to men's hygiene, Manscaped is as good and safe as Christian McCaffrey in a PPR league. No holdout concerns there. Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. It's waterproof. It's got an LED light. It's a total game changer. Manscaped also released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. We're going to get into another running back situation right after this. All right, DVR, we got to touch on Leonard Fournette. Obviously, this news broke 24 hours ago, so we've already digested it in a few spots. Me, Jake Seeley, and Brandon Funston dove into it on yesterday's episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast in a much longer way than you and I are going to be able to touch on here. There's going to be some interest in Leonard Fournette. He's going to land with the team. Got to believe he won't be out of work for long. But let's look in Jacksonville. Does this change the way that you view Ryquel Armstead, Davina Zigbo, or Chris Thompson. I guess, of course, it changes the way you view them, but are you really going to be aggressive on any of these three on draft day? I could see it maybe with Armstead because I think of those backs, he's physically the most imposing. It kind of makes him the best one-for-one sort of replacement for Fournette, but I don't think the Jags are looking at this situation and saying, Reichwell Armstead is the new Leonard Fournette because talent-wise, it doesn't quite hold up. So I look at this and I say... Okay, it's probably a split. Chris Thompson was going to catch some passes anyway. Maybe they nudge up that role a little bit. This could be a revolving door backfield all season. I mean, this could be Tampa Bay a year ago, and there may not be a consistent week-to-week running back that we like in this offense. I know Emory Hunt had a piece that went up on The Athletic uh, midday Monday breaking down this situation, and I think when it comes to very unheralded players on a depth chart Emery is the expert so I might lean on him as a guy who's ground on tape he's looked through the various backs that are going to get this opportunity but I just think the fact that Armstead is the most familiar of the backs on the depth chart I think he sort of fits the 12 to 15 carry per game opportunity to begin the season I just don't know how confident I am that he's going to keep it I mean what's a what's a fair draft day price for what Ryquel Armstead, based on what we know right now about this backfield, is he a fringe top 100 overall sort of player, mm-hmm. even even with, with this opportunity? Because it, it doesn't seem like it's at all locked in. This is very much up in yeah. the air. I think he's like RB50, RB55, somewhere in there. I'm still more interested in guys like Damian Harris, and I'm not even all that interested in Damian Harris, but I see a path to upside that I just don't see with Ryquel Armstead. The one guy who I'm interested in a little bit more here uh, in Jacksonville is Chris Thompson, and it's mostly because we've seen him have a very fantasy-relevant season under Jay Gruden once before. Remember Jay Gruden, now the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville, and not a surprise to see him team back up with Chris Thompson a couple of years ago. This was the 2017 season. Chris Thompson was having himself an excellent year, had 54 targets, 39 catches, 510 yards, and four touchdowns through the air, 294 rushing yards and two touchdowns on the ground, and did that all in 10 games before a season-ending injury cut his season short. I think that he is really the winner here. I see him as now a 
James White type of player, uh, someone who in full PPR leagues can be potentially counted on as a week-in, week-out starter. I still don't think there's enough juice in his role to be a regular starter in half PPR and certainly not in standard leagues. I think there he's still just a depth piece, but he's the guy who moves the most for me with Leonard Fournette being out of the picture because now there is no doubt about the fact that he has total ownership of the pass-catching role couple more items uh, on injuries. Miles Sanders was doing shadow drills in practice on Monday, so still not back practicing, but the fact that he is able to shadow what he would be doing if he was practicing, that's just not something you typically see from a guy who is far off from returning to the field for real. So good news on Miles Sanders there. Also some good news on George Kittle. Still dealing with that hamstring injury, but Kyle Shanahan said he'll be back in practice soon. So no real reason to think that he is going to uh, not be available or be at anything less than 100% in week one. Stephon Diggs also returned to practice for the Bills on Monday. He'd been out for about a week with back soreness, but he is back for this team. So obviously he's going to be back week one. No real news here, but we haven't talked about this uh, Bills new look receiving group between Stephon Diggs and John Brown at all really this season. So this gives us an excuse to talk about these two guys. Diggs, I think, is the easy number one here. John Brown, the obvious number two, but maybe gets a boost because now he draws number two coverage. You've got Stephon Diggs going as the wide receiver 28, 66.36 is his overall ADP. So we're talking about the middle of the sixth round of a 12-team league. John Brown way down at wide receiver 49, 122.53 overall. I don't think there's anything wrong with either of those prices DVR. I wouldn't say I'm aggressively going after either of them because I still have plenty of concerns with Josh Allen. But if I'm sitting there and I need a wide receiver and it's about Diggs' spot in ADP or if I need a wide receiver later, it's John Brown's spot about an ADP, I could see either of these guys being on any of my teams. Yeah, you look at some of the receivers who go in that same range over these last couple of weeks. Devontae Parker, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd. Those are all pretty good comps in terms of how those guys are going to be used in their respective offenses. I do think the price is fair. I don't have digs on any teams yet. It's not a situation where I'm avoiding him. I like him because he's dangerous after the catch. He can get open and make big plays downfield, but he can also catch the ball around the line of scrimmage and make guys miss. I mean, looking at the numbers from last year, I think it's easy to look past the fact this guy had 20 of his 63 catches go for 20-plus yards, 8 for 40-plus yards. I mean, that's huge big play production. The concerns for the offense as a whole are partially based on, on Josh Allen and his lack of accuracy, and partially just based on team philosophy, too. This Bills team, I think, is one that will grind out wins. They've got a good defense. They've got a pretty good running game. Allen himself is a capable runner. So I do think they're going to be in a lot of game script situations where they're protecting a lead. So I think it's a low-volume offense, but there aren't so many capable pass catchers here where you're looking at a guy like Diggs or even John Brown and saying there aren't enough targets to go around. There are plenty of targets to go around for those two players in particular. So maybe a bit of a, a sneaky sort of early mid-round wide receiver two that you're getting at a fringy like wide receiver three price if you're going really aggressive at the position. Um, I like him quite a bit because we've had four out of five seasons now in the NFL where Stephon Diggs has had at least eight yards per target. So he's just consistent in that regard. And he's done it with pretty average quarterback play throughout his time in the league too. So I don't think we're really looking at that much of a downgrade if we're even talking about a downgrade at all with his move to Buffalo. Yeah, I think it's a, a much more perceived downgrade than it is an actual downgrade for Stephon Diggs, wide receiver 28. I mean, if we're running him back in Minnesota, there is no way, DVR, that he is wide receiver 28. So I do think he is a touch undervalued as we approach the final couple of weeks 
of fantasy football draft season. A few more pieces of quick news before we get out of here. Cooper Cup uh, has some leg soreness, but he should be good to go for week one. Daryl Henderson, his teammate with that hamstring injury, still not practicing, so fire up Cam Akers in week one. Lamar Miller removed from the pup list. He had been there after last season's knee injury. Remember, it was a little bit more than a year ago now that Lamar Miller tore his ACL, which cost him the entire 2019 season. And Riley Reef, uh, one of the stalwarts on the offensive line for the Minnesota Vikings, telling people he expects to be cut. So perhaps some reinforcements maybe for that Philadelphia Eagles team. I uh, would have to imagine they would be one of the first teams to call him after they have lost two of their starting offensive linemen already for the season. That's going to do it for DVR and I on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. This is one of many football shows we will having we will have coming to you all season long. Our new show, The Athletic Football Show with host Robert Mays debuted yesterday. It is a great show. It'll be coming to you four times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And hey, you're going to hear from DVR and I on that Friday show quite a bit as we dive into the fantasy world on The Athletic Football Show, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. So go ahead, check that out and give it a subscription. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening and happy drafting.